And this is our final segment. Thanks again to Kyrie Thompson for joining us here on Six Rings and Football Things. Excellent insights from Camp Andy. He is far more positive about everything and anything than I or you could ever be. Or maybe even Fitzy. So Yeah, I think he's kind of like taking Fitzy's mantle in a whole different direction. Like he's not being a total honk. Like there's a lot of positivity, but he has reason behind it. And he has... He explains it, and it's not just, a, I'm a, I trust Bill Belichick, do or die. Absolutely. No, there's positivity there, but it is not the Homer version of it's just, and Bill, we trust, everything's awesome because we're part of the team. No, he Everything has some reasoning. Awesome. Yeah, he has some reasoning <laughs> behind it. So that, that was good. So every yeah. time we need an injection and positivity, we'll cross over and we'll pull the old uh, First and Foxborough podcast leader over to uh, talk to us. That's perfect. I love it. And so now it is time to get to your favorite segment, a little Pat's Puri for you. The first thing I wanted to bring up uh, is an email from our guy, Quality Smoke. He uh, he sent in a tweet last week, um, and, and we discussed it. He he asked about uh, the Roquan, Roquan Smith trade. So it was actually just earlier this week. Yep. Um, and so he's back with another trade question. Okay. So he said the Patriots offense is currently struggling, but the arrow on Nelson Aguilar – is pointing up the Cowboys and Texans are two teams thin at receiver due to receivers going down and both have the cap space to make a trade for Aguilar. Would that be the best move or what would be the best move for the Patriots? If an offer for a trade of Nelson Aguilar comes in, should they dump the cap hit while Aguilar stock is up and before camp maybe washes away that mirage uh, during the regular season, and while knowing that this will weaken an already suspect passing game for Mac Jones, while acknowledging that Trey Nixon minicamp hype has not carried over to training camp so much that he uh, demands a roster spot. A little, little wordy here at the end, but regardless, the point is, should the Patriots consider trading Nelson Aguilar? Is this actually what Belichick is doing by pumping the tires of Aguilar, is seeing if somebody will reach out uh, and extend some feelers? Uh, I think this is a uh, great question from, is it Quality Smoke? Quality Smoke. Um, who I, I appreciate Colin, that but he utilizes all of our avenues. He tweets us at Six email. Rings Pod on Twitter. And uh, he, actually, in his email, he wants us to make sure that we tell the people that when you're emailing, it is the number Six Rings. Oh, uh, no. It is the word Six Rings Pod at gmail.com, not the number six. I thought it was the number. Oh, wait. You set up the is email it, address. He, so he sent it to both addresses. You idiot. So now I don't even know which one. Yeah, it is the number. That's what I thought. So okay. it is the number six rings pod at Gmail. He okay. sent it to both that the number and the word because he wasn't sure. He covered so, his bases. Exactly. So to clarify, if you want to email us, Gmail, please feel free. We're going to answer all of them just like quality's email. Um, number six rings pod at gmail.com. So go ahead and answer the question, Andy. So I think it's a really interesting question because had you asked me this eight practices ago, I would have said, if anybody offers a trade for Nelson Aguilar, you pounce, you take mm -hmm. it, you unload the, the salary, you move on. And now, and I shouldn't do this, like this shouldn't matter. This feels a little bit like the Red Sox. Oh, it's post all-star break. You got 11 games to prove whether you, no, you sucked going into the all-star break. You sucked coming out. Don't fall for like a win here or there and I'm falling for a catch here or there with Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> I just, he mentioned it. Quality Smoke mentioned it. Like, do you want to trade the guy that might be your best receiver in training camp for a team that everybody knows? In the end, I think I would do it. I think yeah. I would take the cap space. I think I would trade him. 
because remember, we've also been positive about Thornton. And if yep. you say Aguilar being gone, there's a hole, but the hole could be filled by Thornton. He may get a more young rookie receiver. Right. And and there may be some growing pains there. He may not be totally ready for that role or that opportunity. But I mean, I guess Bill. Well, when he's the third, at- when he's the fourth receiving option after you know Bourne, Myers, and Parker, like that may be okay if there's some growing pains. Yeah, and from my perspective, and I think your perspective, you're a middling football team. So if you can invest yes. in the the future, in the present, with Thornton. Like, why are you investing in Aguilar? Are you going to extend him? You're going to keep him? Like, he's he only might under contract be... for another year, anyways. He's gone just at the this end of the year. year. Yeah. yeah. So, and last year you didn't want him. Like most fans didn't want him. Like he's too pay, too highly paid. Doesn't do anything. So, yeah, I think if the Cowboys offered a draft pick for Nelson Aguilar, and again, I may regret it. I may by November I may have like Christian Wilkerson on the field and trade okay. Nixon. But to be fair, last year you had Christian Wilkerson on the field, Trey Nixon. I would do it. I would take the cap space. Yeah. I would take the chance that Thornton is ready. Thornton is ready to take advantage of some, some opportunities. I would make the trade. I am. I'm 100% in that camp. I am in the let's trade Aguilar camp. If somebody comes knocking, right? I'm not. Hold on. I'm going to sneeze. I don't know why I'm sneezing so much today. Anyways. Appreciate uh, you, though. The, the, we will now term it the sneeze button. Thank you. I, I try to do my best here. Um, but no, I am like, I'm not going out and actively searching for a trade for Aguilar. But if a team like, you know, Denver, they, as we mentioned earlier, lost Tim Patrick, if they come knocking and be like, hey, we're interested in Aguilar, here's a, a, a pick or two that we'd be interested in giving up and we'll take on the contract. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Invest in my future a little bit. Maybe Thornton gets a few more reps during the regular season only to better himself for the future. Like, I think that's worth it. Again, to me, even though Aguilar has, you know, shown sparks in training camp, he's still your fourth receiver. It, he he should theoretically be after Parker, Bourne, and Myers. Like, if that's the case, I'm fine with trading him. Um, so if if a team like the Cowboys or the Broncos comes a knocking, yes, I do the trade, uh, even if it's only like a fifth round pick. I I'm fine with that. Um, again, I think you made the point. It is. It is allowing Tyquan Thornton the opportunity to at least get a couple reps that he may not have gotten with Aguilar here. And I think that's important. I think that's good. Building for the future is important. And I think so. I think ultimately trading Aguilar is fine with me. Okay. One topic I wanted to bring up, and it's a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, also to Rich Keefe, and probably definitely tens of millions. Is it hundreds of millions of people? I would say hundreds of millions. Um, Fantasy football. Bill Belichick was asked today about fantasy football in his press conference by a uh, 13-year-old, I believe. There was like a kid (laughs) reporter at camp, asked a couple questions, did a good job, I thought, actually. Um, But he said, he asked Bill, do you think fantasy football is good or bad for the NFL? Bill said, honestly, I don't really have any opinion on that because fantasy football doesn't mean anything to me. We're just trying to win games out here. So I don't know who's hot, who's not, who wins, who doesn't. I don't really care about that. I just care about whether we win. And it's on the brand. Bill Belichick answer. On brand. I'm not, I mean, you're 48 in the NFL. Fantasy football was like a, what do they call it? A twinkle in the eye of some dork somewhere in the 70s <laughs> when Bill was starting. A hundred percent. But there is an aspect of it. It's a huge part of the NFL revenue streams, popularity, and I would just, I know he can do whatever he wants, but yep. you make $20 million a year. Yes, because you're a great football coach, but 
you're a great football coach within a league that has endless fans, endless dollars coming in, and chunks of that daily fantasy come through fantasy football, like that world. So I love, again, on brand, dismiss it, Bill. And it's the <laughs> ultimate thing. Like nobody really cares about anybody's fantasy football except their own, right? Like 100%. I don't care about your team. You don't care about mine, that whole thing. He yep. doesn't care about anybody's because he has a fantasy football team, but it's a it's his team. team. It's his yeah, team. And exactly. that's where I would. I would make a little joke, Bill. Yeah, we can tell you don't care about fantasy football because none of your players are good fantasy football players. <laughs> none of them bring value in that world right now. Not right? a single one. So, not a, uh, no, that's not true. Nick Folk brings value. Uh, okay. Nick, yep, that is fair. <laughs> Nick Folk. And probably if they if they found a way to uh, quantify punting and make that part of fantasy football. Jake Bailey would be great. Maybe there are some. Are there any really dorky fantasy football leagues that use yes. punting? I wouldn't be shocked. I, okay, I'm pretty so sure there are. Maybe there. Maybe if we're really optimistic, like one of the running backs will be a touchdown machine or something. But yep. um, I did laugh the way he just dismissed fantasy football, even coming from a kid. <laughs> it is funny, but it's completely on brand and expected. Perfect. Um, the last thing I got for you today from uh, for Pat's Perry, Andy, is uh, did you see this? Did you hear about this? The ESPN did NFL's best players at every position, offense and defense. Uh, okay. I'm going to go through. We'll see if you can. It'll be a little bit of a guessing game. You haven't seen it. So this so, is a goat tale. Yes, at each position. So who does ESPN rank as the goat quarterback? Tom Brady. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. He received 44 of the 50 votes. Can, so they is 50 this people the same voting on panel it. that picked the top, top 10 at positions? Position? I believe so. Okay. And I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So it's well, actually, no, it's just 50 experts, reporters, and analysts to name the NFL's greatest player of all time at every position. Reporters? Tom, Who asks reporters? reporters? Uh, Mike Reese got a vote. So there you, you go. Telling me like Mike Giardi gets a vote? For, come on. Probably. Um, so the runners. Shots at people that are on our show occasionally. <laughs> the runner ups were Joe Montana and Peyton Manning, but Tom Brady, the GOAT quarterback. I'm fine with that. You see the yep. sweet GOAT cake that Leonard Fournette got Tom Brady? I did not. I got to go check this out. It's a sweet cake. Well, you can't see it anymore because Leonard Fournette also ate the cake. Ah, uh, ah, ah, fat jokes. <laughs> Love fat jokes. Uh, how about the goat running back, Andy? Jim Brown? Wow. Two for two. He okay. received 23 of the 50 votes. So, uh, the... so far, we are two for two in people with ties to Bill Belichick because Tom Brady yep. played for Bill Belichick. <laughs> Jim Brown is tight with Bill Belichick, so we're yep. two for two. And I feel like there will be more with ties to Belichick coming. There may be. The runners-up were Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, uh, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, LT also received votes. Okay, I can see all so those. There you go. Uh, at wide receiver, who's the GOAT receiver, Andy? Jerry Rice. Ding, ding, ding. Right again, 45 of 50 votes. Uh, the only other runner-up, Randy Moss. Uh, and then apparently up. one person voted for Don Hudson. Okay. Yeah, there was probably Bill Belichick. Bill probably like, yeah, that's a good vote right there. <laughs> that's a great vote. Love that vote. What about Ray uh, Berry? Ray Berry was a great early receiver and then future yes. Patriots head coach. Yes. Yes, he was. Uh, the GOAT tight end, Andy. Well, my vote goes to Rob Gronkowski. Is that your pick as well to who he, he has been selected? That's my Ding, 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 right again. Look at that. Rob I Gronkowski. I God, by the way. I know these are semi-easy, semi-obvious, but I've, I've never seen this, yep. and I think I am 
pretty impressive right now. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Uh, Gronk earned 23 of the 50 votes. Uh, the runners-ups were Tony Gonzalez had 21 votes, so he was as close as Ooh. anybody was going to get. Uh, then Kellen Winslow had two. Ditka, Gates, Ozzie Newsom, and Shannon Sharp all had one vote. They should do this like that, um, whatever that voting is called that Maine does. If you don't get a majority of the vote, then the top two are the only ones on the ballot and you have to vote again. Yes. I wonder if they just put Gronk and Gonzalez on the ballot, how the voting would go. Yeah, because, I mean, Gronk only beat Gonzalez by two votes. Right. So any one of those other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys could have easily right. voted for Gonzalez. So, and and Gonzalez is not, I mean, he was a pass catcher. He was a big receiver. He's not the blocker all-around player that Gronk was. And yes, no. I'm biased. I love Gronk. Yes, same. Uh, now, this one might be a little more difficult for you. Best offensive tackle of all time. Anthony Munoz. God damn, you're good. Ding, ding, ding. 27 of 50 votes on Munoz. Uh, Jonathan Ogden was the next closest with 10. Uh, how about offensive guard? I'm just going to go with like the cliche answer of John Hogg Hanna. Oh, no. Hannah was the runner up with nine votes. The Just winner, however, was Larry Allen, 21 of Stupid. 50 votes. Um, and then uh, the other the other guy that got eight votes, Gene Upshaw. And then there's a bunch of guys with three or less. OK. Uh, and then the best center of all time, Andy. I only have one answer for this. This yep. is like one of those trivia question. Cliff Clavin Jeopardy answers. Dermonte Dawson. Uh, he got, he got five votes. Uh, he was, he was on, on the ballot, but not quite. Uh, the, the, the winner with 15 votes was Mike Webster. So okay. it was not a runaway. Uh, the guys right behind him, Jim Otto at 13 and Chuck Bednarik at 11. And I are both, uh, my guy, Dermonte Dawson and yep. Mike Webster, both Steelers, right? Uh, Mike Webster is a stealer. So if Dermonte Dawson was a stealer, then yes, I believe so. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, pulling it up, pulling it up. Uh, doesn't say, hold on. Sorry. Uh, okay. To the defensive side of the football, Andy, pretty easy one for you here. The goat edge rusher. Uh, I'm going to say Lawrence Taylor. Ding, ding, ding. 40 get... of the 50 votes. Only Lawrence 40. Taylor. Yes. Eight went to Reggie white. Uh, okay. one was Bruce Smith and one was JJ Watt. Oddly enough. Really? Yes, J.J. Watt hmm. getting a vote. Uh, I feel like the, that's a young vote right there. I agree. How about the the GOAT defensive tackle? Best defensive tackle. This is um, this is the hardest question you've asked. You might have thought it would have been center, but I had a name ready to go. Yep. The best defensive tackle. Is it somebody I've seen play? Yeah. Aaron Donald? Yes. Only wow. the second active player on the list at this point, Aaron Donald, 39 of 50 votes. So pretty well, much unanimous or uh, like absolutely see, unanimous. After mocking a young vote for J.J. Watt, I didn't want to just say Aaron Donald and not like not think of somebody prior. So the runners up were uh, Joe Green, Mean Joe Green with five. Deacon Jones got three. Sap got one. John Randall and Alan Page both got one. Okay. Uh, how about the goat middle linebacker? So there's or actually a... it's just actually I lied. It's just goat linebacker. It's not even middle linebacker. It's just goat linebacker. Goat linebacker. So I yes. have a a a visual in mind. Okay. And I'm just trying to scan real quickly to think if I'm missing any. I, Mike Singletary. 
Uh, no, Mike Singletary only got four votes. Okay. Uh, the GOAT linebacker is Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis got 23 of 50 votes. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, the runner-up, though, was Dick Butkus at 13. Oh, uh, I like Then Dick Singletary, Butkus. and then Jack Lambert had three, and there were a bunch of guys with, or a handful of guys with two or less. I think Ray um, Lewis got a little bit of a modern voting like bias I would, there. I would tend to agree with you there. Uh, how about the GOAT cornerback? Deion Sanders? Ding, ding, ding. Andy Wright again. 32 of the 50 votes. Uh, Charles Woodson and Rod Woodson both had five. Revis, oddly enough, had four. Um, and then there were uh, Champ Bailey, Mel Blunt, Mike Haynes, Night Train Lane all had one. Yeah, I feel like, not to shoot holes in this entire list, but it's biased towards the modern. Like, there's younger people. I feel like if they well, had I mean, called... the offensive line was all very pretty old. Yeah, that's be because no one knows offensive line. Like, True. so they pick like big names. But I feel like if you did, there may not have been enough um, Ron Borgeses and mm. um, what's the guy's name from John McClain, the yes. guy from Houston. There could use a few more of those perspectives. I feel that's like. fair. Uh, and so uh, the safety position, Andy Ed Reed. Uh, no, Ed Reed came in second at fifteen votes. Ronnie the Lott. winner, Ronnie Lott. Uh, 27 of the 50 votes. Brian Dawkins also got four votes. Palomalu got two, and Paul Krause got two as well. Uh, Paul Krause, Vikings? I have no idea. I've never heard of him. <laughs> uh, okay, we got two positions left here, Andy. The goat kicker slash punter. I would hope we're back in. Oh, slash. Yeah, so it will, it's just it, it we'll just go goat kicker because they I think they ignored punters. Okay, because I like I thought it was an easy answer. I think we go back to the world of Bill Belichick and the Patriot dynasty and the snowball for Adam Vinatieri. Ding, ding, ding. Vinatieri, okay. 22 of 50 votes, but barely, barely got the uh, the win here over. Ray Guy. Ray Guy only got six votes. Vinatieri barely beat out Justin Tucker, oh, get who has 21 votes. Was anybody over the age of like 22 voting in this? Apparently get not. I just almost I, swore. Bill Belichick Rick, is right. Fantasy football is stupid, and people who play it are even dumber because these people voting play it. Well, Andy, the last one for you. The best returner special teamer in the history of football is? I'm going to say Devin Hester gets the vote. Ding, ding, ding. 29 yeah. of the 50 votes were for Devin Hester. Dion got six. Gail Sayers had five. Matthew Slater got three votes. What was the category? Uh, returner slash special teamer. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and Steve Tasker got three votes. Des Howard got one, and then Brian Mitchell got three. Okay. And that is your goats of every position list from ESPN. I feel like Dante Hall doesn't get enough love. Remember him with the he was Chiefs? awesome. He was the joystick, right? He would catch the ball at like the two yard line. Terrible play. Bounce left. Bounce right. Bounce left, and then be gone. And you're yeah. like, that was a terrible it's, play. Unfortunately for him, he was just in the exact same time as Devin Hester, and Devin yeah. Hester was just so good that it, right. it's it's. Hard to remember Dante Hall a lot of times because he was just outshined by a guy who played at the same time as him. And didn't Devin Hester, did he return the opening kick in that rainy Super Bowl for a touchdown? Sure did. I thought so. Against the, uh, against the, Cow or the, uh, the Colts, Colts. Peyton Manning yep. and the Colts. It was the only way the Chicago Bears were going to score in that game because uh, Rex Grossman was their starting quarterback. As Lovey Smith used to love to tell us, Rex Grossman's my quarterback. Rex Grossman, every time they sucked and people were like, you're yep. going to make a change at quarterback? And he's like, no, Rex Grossman's Rex my quarterback. Sexy Rexy for, uh, for quarterback. Okay. But that'll do I, it for I, uh, Pat's Paris. I mean, we just blended some of my favorite things. Lists, Pat's Paris, all in yes. one little segment there. We talked fantasy football, so we got all those people involved, even though now they're mad at Bill Belichick. 
Uh, I, I'm going to say it, as I've said many times, Pat's Paris, the third segment of many of these Six Rings podcasts, is the best segment of the podcast, Preach. with or without Fitzy. And I do think it was actually Fitzy's idea. He likes to take credit for lots of ideas. We gave think, it the name, but it was his idea. Yes. Yeah, I think it was actually his idea. He didn't steal it completely from me like he did the Mac to the Future t-shirts that he told me <laughs> were stupid and then made them and sold them and told me, quote, I owe you a beer. No, you owe me like a grand or something. I want some damn cash. <laughs> That's a different topic for a different day. Pay the man his money. That's right. Uh, I want to thank Kyrie Thompson for joining us in the middle segment of this podcast. I want to wish Fitzy a great vacation, but hurry back. We'd love to chat with you again, see what your thoughts are on this debacle that is the Patriots offense. And also, I know Fitzy will be itching to tell us his thoughts. We talked about it the other day, but Tom Brady's uh, tampering with the Miami Dolphins. Yes. He's texted me a few times. He is still ticked off about that. Of course he is. Even Fitzy, I now is, is realizing how much of a fraud Tom Brady was during his <laughs> career in New England. Uh, but those are future topics for future days with Fitzy. I'm Andy Hart. He's Chris Scheim. This has been another, another hopefully entertaining and informative edition of the Six Rings podcast. Download the Odyssey app, easiest way to get us, but you can also get us on Spotify, your Apple podcast, subscribe, do all those crazy things. Rate, corporate, review, yeah, send rate. us emails to the number six yep. rings pod at gmail.com. Tweet at us at six, six rings pod. That's, uh, let us know what you think. That's the one thing I think we're lacking on. I think we're doing some good podcasts. I want to build the community. I want a yes. little more interaction. I want more people like quality smoke sending in tweets, sending in comments, ripping us. If you want to rip us, that's fine. If well, you and I think we've done a pretty good job of showing, too, that we're going to read them. We're going to talk about them. Absolutely. If you, if you send us tweets and emails, we're going to talk about them because uh, we love communicating with our people. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're stupid. I don't care what a you A lot of people us. tell Fitzy he sucks. Uh, agreed. And a lot of people will tell me I suck, and you suck, you hate Mac, the whole thing. A lot of people tell me. I, one guy on the Gambling Podcast Twitter says, Shime is a joyless prick now, wow. so. Yeah, I know, right? That kind of leaves a mark. I was like, I was like, I I laugh all the time. I don't know what he's talking. I'm having a full of joy to sleep tonight. And Rich Keith once referred to me as like a a non Christmas time Santa Claus. I'm just always jolly. Well, now you are a you work with mutt and you become a joyless prick. Apparently. I guess so. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it. Six rings and football things. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week with more info, insight, news, and notes out of Patriots training camp. I'm Andy Hart. He's Chris Shime. See you. See ya.